Thundergrunt. Hello. I suppose it should have been a sadder fanfare since we're talking about the worst <laughs> movies of 2015. Mm. But welcome to Movie Schmovie. This is it should, epi- the, it should have been the sad trombone sound. Yeah. We can. I'll just throw <laughs> in the um, the Price Is Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Trombone. There sound. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this is episode 152 of Movie Schmovie, the worst films of 2015. <sighs> Now, we're doing it a little different this year. Usually, we do best of and then worst of. But uh, not only does this buy us a little bit more time to see some movies for our potential mm. best ofs, but a ton. I feel like there's something healthier about, about getting the negative out of the way before we yeah. before we uh, share the positive. It's a shit sandwich. Yeah. You know? Right. Positive, shitty, positive. Except this is a reverse shitty sandwich. <laughs> it's like an open-faced <laughs> shit sandwich. Yeah. The, the positive bread. You know, actually, I don't know. Is the bread the positive part of the sandwich, or is it the filling that's the positive part I of like the sandwich? The, what do you enjoy the most in the sandwich? Some good bread makes a sandwich to me. Right. That's, that's true. But the filling also is pretty amazing. I don't know. I'll have to do some research. Let's yeah. make some sandwiches. <laughs> a very scientific experience we should set up here. <laughs> One hour later. Well, guys, <laughs> I'm full. Yeah, I'm full. Good night. So, uh, so worst movies of 2015. In general, do we think, I guess this is a discussion for our next episode as well, but mm-hmm. in general, was 2015 a, a good year, yes. do you think? Yes, I man. think so. I thought so, too. Year. And I look back, and I remember making a comment that I was like a little worried that there wasn't a lot coming out in 2015, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. Right. Going over this list and going over my list for next week, um, I was... Very, very happy with how many movies I really enjoyed this year. Well, I try to put them in order from the best to the worst. I start making my top ten, and then I start doing them in, yeah. in order. And I found that like this, yeah, this year's list of movies was pretty good most of the way down. Yeah. It was only when I got to the bottom six or seven that were really movies that I would say are bad right. movies that were in there. But I don't watch a <clears throat> lot of movies that I think are going to be bad. Right. Same. Um, Same. But I did... I, I, knowing we're going to do this, I do sometimes take a chance on a movie that I'm curious about, but I've heard isn't good. Mm-hmm. You know, those movies are fifty-fifty chance. Yeah. You never know if you're really going to like them or not. Right. But I, tr- I, I feel a little bad profiling a film and thinking, oh, that's probably going to be bad. I'll watch it so that I can talk about it <laughs> on on movie schmovie. But there are certain movies that I don't think I ever would have watched had I not known we were going to be talking about movie you know like i get around to watching a lot more because we're we're doing this show did, did any of them make this list i would say that a couple of them were movies that I, that looking back the signs were all there that these movies were were not gonna <laughs> not gonna impress so me. well yeah but i still maintain that i i did you know i didn't watch them just so i could say they were bad i, I watched okay. them thinking they might be good but i did actually very recently see a movie that I, is definitely on this list and it was funny that it was like i had to get in one more bad film so that i could have a nice oh, good, nice good, bottom good. list what about you ronald do you feel like it was you said you seem to agree that most of the movies you saw are movies that you thought would be good yeah so like what the movies you're going to talk about tonight did they creep up on you as bad or did you sort of know they might be bad I knew that they would be bad. I knew that they'd be bad. But you know what? I wanted to give them a chance. Like I, I, 
I'm a big fan of comedies, so mm-hmm. I gave some some comedies that I normally wouldn't give a chance a chance. And I was like, okay, so let's see what happens. One in particular I bitched about before, but still surprised me how bad it was. So I'm gonna, yeah, I I expected a lot of these. My, so nothing I, I on try, this list is very surprising to you. I try to come in with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Really, I do. Because, I mean, it's hard. I, I couldn't sit through an hour and a half of something. I'm like, this is going to be fucking off. You know, I, 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 I try to keep an open mind. And, and if it surprises me, it surprises me. Because I've had some surprises, but mm-hmm. some of them just did what they, they were supposed to do. Yeah. Just kind of tanking my brain. So, <laughs> yeah. Steve, did you did you feel like it was, um, like, you know, yeah, are you at all shocked by the movies you're going to be talking about tonight? No, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. But I feel like that's a good thing, only because like I don't feel like I was so disappointed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I didn't go from one end of the spectrum or the, to the other for any of these films. Maybe one or two of them I thought was going to be at least entertaining, and uh, maybe and and weren't entertaining. Right. But for the most part, what I thought I was getting into because I, I try to see pretty much everything if I can. Yeah. Um. For the most part, they uh they definitely. What do you call it? Uh, I'm trying to think of something that's blacked out. <laughs> I forget it. I don't know. They were not good. <laughs> um, I went back and checked out the previous two years of uh, worsts, and I found something kind of funny is that um, in uh, the uh, worst films of 2013, which was episode 101, it was the episode where, Ronald, you were trying to mention George Takai. <laughs> And and he said Scottica. My God! (laughs) And it's unclear if I haven't said you mean George Takai because you were like the gay Asian from Star Trek Scottica. It's it's not clear if I hadn't said. George Takai, how long you might have, uh, might have gone struggled. with it. And then I found that in episode 126, which was the uh, uh, Worst Movies of 2014 episode, that was the episode where you were talking about um, the how the various... I think you might have been talking about in reference to Sin City, uh, the second Sin City film, how bad it was. And and you were listing people that were in it that weren't that good, and you said, <laughs> Jessa Galba. <laughs> I'll, you just save this time though. Just combine yeah, your first yeah, and last right, right. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've got, we've had some good like we've got, we've had Ronnie Depp on this show. We've had Tom Cruise. I'd forgotten about Jessica Galba. <laughs> just combine. Scottica. Scottica. That's got to be my favorite one because I I am very confident. Had you not corrected yeah. him, no, you even it would have went on for a good ten minutes of him trying to. No, think you of... can hear your disappointment that I that I put an end to it. I'm Absolutely. like George Takai, and you're like John. <laughs> <laughs> it was also at the very last part of an episode when back in those days I used to very frequently throw to you for our closing moment our closing thought mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be like I think it was supposed to be like a romantic moment because we were leading into our Valentine's episode then and, and somehow you got on the subject of George Takai and you can't say it <laughs> and I'm not even sure if I should be saying Takai is it Takai or Takai does anyone know. know it's Scottica is how you say that <laughs> So I'm looking forward to tonight, Ronald. Feel free to to uh, you know mispronounce somebody's name or have mis- you practiced pronouncing your words? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely have. You want to start us off? 
Okay, so my first pick. Uh, We're each doing three, correct? Yes. Okay. We can, uh, we'll have some conversation yeah. after the fact, right. obviously. But. My first pick is a sequel um, directed by a man that I. I don't know, man. I, I just don't. I don't think I like him. Okay. Seth. Ah. Seth MacFarlane. You don't like Ted 2. I don't like Ted 2, man. Ted mm. 2 was real. I, I, Ted, the first one. I kind of enjoyed it. It had some redeeming qualities to it. This one was all over the place and not funny at all. It retreaded a lot of the the comedic sort of yeah. things that they, they had in the first. And it just didn't... It fell flat this time around. And a lot of the gay rights jokes weren't funny. It just wasn't a funny movie. And there's something about someone who is going to the... Just doing the same jokes over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the way that he does. And isn't that just like what all of his movies are? Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. He just. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan either. I'm I'm not a big fan of him anymore. I th- I mean I wasn't before, but now I'm like. I... Yeah, I never. I, I think we've talked about that before. Like where I I I definitely agree. Like I've definitely laughed at some of the stuff, mm-hmm. like some of his animation stuff, and yeah, but I've never. Like being a big fan of of any of it, right? You know, I've 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 liked enough of it to say it's okay. I, I but his movies, like, what was the other one? The one it was on the your West, list last year, last year, uh, Million yeah. Ways to Die in the Million West. Million Ways to Die in the yeah. West. Like, yeah, I think that I know cemented it for me. I know why I don't like his humor. Um, so they say in like stand up that uh, what makes a person p- funny is like you punching up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth MacFarlane punches down, down. and yeah. there's something about like the position. Of arrogance that he's... Well, it's like he's he punches only... indiscriminately. It's like he'll bring yeah. somebody up that you haven't thought about in 10 years yeah. just to say something awful about him. And yeah. it just yeah. doesn't seem he would, he like would, it has any logic to it. He would make a... He would make a joke about AIDS and everything oh, that Charlie's going through. Yeah. And, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's that thing that he, <laughs> he, he is relentless. Yeah. And the problem is the jokes have to be funny enough to justify the joke. Yeah. And it's it's almost like he just throws them in, and they're not funny enough to really justify how absurd, yeah. how mean, how they punch down. And it's mm-hmm. just not funny enough to have that sort of thing. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan. So, so is it, was that on full display in? Yeah, in there's too? a lot of that. There's a lot of like random shitting on people that mm-hmm. <laughs> haven't been around for like 10 years i would find that strange like if you were that person it's like you'd get a google alert you know and yeah. it would be... or just watching a movie like man i really wanted to see ted too and somebody shits and you're like hey what i haven't been on tv in 10 years right. what why somebody make thought i was fun safe of? yeah <laughs> you know it's just i mean sometimes those jokes can surprise you with with how funny they are i mean like you'll you'll laugh because you can't believe it but i think in general you're right that it's it's got to do with choosing your targets and like you, we like to we like to feel like we understand why why this person is a target. Yeah. And it can't just be their num their number was up. It has to be that they're somehow deserving. You know. Yeah. I think I think you're right. And I I haven't seen any of. I mean, you know, I've been curious about. Like I'm open to the notion that those movies could be funny. And I saw some stuff from Ted that looked like it might be all right. But but in general, I always come around to just that joke for joke. Like it seems his stuff seems to lack heart, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that I don't always like overvalue. That that's not my favorite thing in a dark comedy or in kind of a black comedy. But I think you still have to have a little bit of heart to make right. that meanness not seem so 
Nasty. Stop trying to make Mark Wahlberg funny. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Yeah. I really liked him in the comic part in I Heart Huckabee so much. Oh, that, yeah. He was that, so good. The next few times I saw him trying to be funny, I gave him a chance. But mm. I realize you're right. Like, you know. Stop it. He's, it's just, it doesn't seem like he's... The funniest other performance, <clears throat> other than I Heart Huckabee's, that I think he's given was in The Happening. And it's, it's still debatable. <laughs> still debatable whether that was intentional or not. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'll throw out mine. I just wanted to throw it because it, it it kicked off 2015 very low for mm-hmm. me, and I took a note that I would not forget how bad this movie was because everything was up from there, mm-hmm. and that is also because I like this filmmaker and I like a lot of his movies and it has a pretty big cast, and could have been a movie that maybe launched Chris Hemsworth past being an Avenger, and that's Michael Mann's Black Hat. Mm. Oh, um, great trailer. Visually gorgeous film. Michael Mann's aesthetic on the screen is still on display, mm-hmm. but a fucking mess. Like it literally, I, it, it, it goes back and forth between being a very serious cyber warfare gritty story mm-hmm. and being just like a it doesn't have to make sense action movie, and it doesn't. It, and I don't know where it, it 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 is trying to find a middle line. I don't even think it ever tries to find it. It just says let's just bounce back and forth. Yeah, there it like. There's been only maybe one or two times this year where I almost didn't make it through the movie. And I sit through everything. And like literally looking at my watch, you know, wanting to leave the theater and just knowing that I couldn't. But I know for a fact you've sat through all two hours of the recording of our last episode. I did. Yeah. I did. I mean, I yeah. make things You're happen. You're one of those long haul guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is one where I almost walked out. And it is the only time this time this year in a movie theater where I thought I was having a stroke watching a movie. <laughs> Because of a performance of an actress on the screen. There's a girl, I don't know her very well, and um, her name is Wei Tang. She's the female lead uh, in the movie who Chris Hemsworth pairs up with and takes down the bad guy mm-hmm. with their cyber Wei skills. Tang. But holy shit, do yourself a favor. The worst performance of the year would belong to this beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. The way she's talking in the movie, and this is nothing about her language or her dialect, anything. Like, it is the most incomprehensible, like, it's slow, and then it speeds up, and, and just the way that she's, like, her performance itself is horrible, but the way she sounds in the movie <laughs> is what made me think I, something was wrong with me mm-hmm. as I was watching it. Um, but it's just kind of cementing further and further that I don't believe that Chris Hemsworth is a star. Yeah. I think Chris Hemsworth is an Avenger, and that's it. Yeah. And mm. other films came out this year, some that he had nothing to do with in terms of his say in box office success but he had a small role in vacation which he was actually really funny in the vacation reboot and also in the heart of the sea did not fare so well i didn't really mind that movie so much but none of these movies took off with him as the as a lead or supporting outside of um a movie having a marvel brand on it Mm -hmm. but it was a movie that looked like a michael mann slick you know even if you don't like the miami vice remake you know that 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 style that he has that that dark gritty um vibrant yet dark yeah it's hard to explain like his style but you know what i'm talking about No, i know exactly what you mean but um and you see shades of like the skill that he has but it's almost like he's just like retreading the the thing that he's known for but almost like in not mockery but like somebody else trying to do michael mann Mm. is what it felt like whenever like an older director takes on like a Sort of a current, a current storyline yeah. like that. It can sometimes feel a little grasping, you know. Yeah. And it, sometimes they pull it off great. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, someone like Spielberg 
who can occasionally do a movie that feels very of the moment and it can, you know, it's still in his style, but you don't feel quite like he's trying so much. But with Michael Mann, I can't remember like the last time, like when was the last time he really had a movie that worked on all cylinders like that, you know? For me, I really enjoyed the Miami Vice remake. A lot of people hate it, but I mean, Public Enemies was a bust for me. I'd have to see it again, honestly, because... Because I felt like it was a little boring, and a lot of times, if I think a movie's boring, yeah, it just means if I, you know, if I were to watch it again when I wasn't so tired, or if I were to watch it again when right. I wasn't like sitting there with friends or something, I might enjoy it more. So that movie suffers from being nothing of what people expected. You know, like mm. it wasn't as flashy and like you know Miami Vice, like it, yeah. it didn't have any of it. Which I liked that aspect of it. No, no, me too. You I'm know? just saying, like a mass audience, like it no. didn't, it didn't click at oh, all. It was, it, and his movies are like not. Flashy. He's not a Michael Mann. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he's not a Michael Bay mm-hmm. like type of action director. It's a lot moodier. It's a lot heavier at times. More atmosphere. Um, did he do Collateral? Yeah. I was say Collateral, Collateral was probably like the last last yeah. one I probably like loved. But um, yeah, Black Hat. Um, and in a weird way, really, really, I really like the bad. fact that he made Miami Vice into a movie, and it wasn't the wink, wink. Uh, meta yeah. approach to doing it and it wasn't the <clears throat> let's turn it into a big dumb action movie appro- I mean the fact that it was kind of a boring weird movie yeah. I kind of like I just yeah. wish that I had been more into what they tried to make of it but, sure 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 but no Michael Mann that's interesting he's kind of an auteur of sorts um, you know I was thinking about that you, you know Seth MacFarlane whether we like it or not he's kind of an auteur yeah. too I wonder if all these movies that we talk about tonight are going to have a little bit of that that personal touch on them because um, I can definitely say that the and I'm really torn about what uh, which movies to put in my three here because there's a couple that are more interesting than others and there's one that could easily be one of the worst movies I saw all year but I just don't think it's as interesting to talk about so maybe when we get to the also rants I'll get to bring this one up okay. but I realize that all three of the films pretty much all three of the films in my three here are films that do have a director or a person behind it that would have been the reason to be hopeful for this film and um you know, you alluded to this film, I think, uh, when we were doing our Bah Humbugs. But I don't know that if anyone hasn't seen The Cobbler, that they can actually imagine just what a strange movie it is. It's, it is a bad film, but it's also a really strange film. And I would say it at least, I give it credit for trying to be interesting at least. Like, the story that it tells takes some odd turns. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God! Yeah, like, it's like on my it, list. It gets, but I'll, it gets, I'll push it out. Now. It gets Thank to you. a certain point where I, I feel like it. It every time I would think, oh God, I can't watch this. There would be something happened that I was sort of surprised that it happened. Like the movie really does go. Like it's not you know the premise of the movie. I don't know if you know the premise of the movie The Cobbler. Adam Sandler. There you go. <laughs> you just lost interest. Adam Sandler checked out. Um, <clears throat> is playing a, a cobbler, a guy who okay. fixes shoes. He is the cobbler. He is, in fact. The Cobbler, uh, of the title. Is it a small town? You no, know, it's New York. New York. But he has like a magical f- stitching uh, machine okay. that if he if he fixes shoes on this machine and then puts them on, he physically changes into the person whose shoes they are. So he walks in somebody else's shoes. However, and becomes that person. However, but he, only if they're what? size ten and a half. However, it doesn't actually. <laughs> what he doesn't actually. Like the, the the that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be a Hallmark sh- type story about walking in someone else's shoes, but it's much more like a weird fantasy story where 
It's, I guess what I'm saying is the metaphorical s- significance of I'm going to walk in your shoes, I'm going to understand where you come from, mm. is kind of ruined if all that really happens is he looks like them. So really it's just a movie about a guy who's taken advantage of going around looking like someone else. You know what I mean, Steve? <laughs> it's like there's a whole sequence where he's all excited because he's going out. But people that don't know him don't know that he doesn't look like him. He seems to be enjoying going for walks. But as someone else. And it's like, does he know that he could have just gone for a walk before? Uh, but there's also this element where he then starts doing things when he's wearing the face of another person. He does things that are, like, really shady. And <laughs> it's not clear whether the movie owns up to the moral implications of some of the stuff that he does. Yeah. I feel like it, it, he gets himself in trouble later. Yeah. But initially, he's just kind of going around, like, potentially incriminating innocent people by doing the things he's doing when yeah. he looks like them. Yeah. I know, and it sounds so convoluted to talk about, but it'd be like if I knew that I looked like you and I decided, okay, now I'm going to go rob somebody. I mean, he literally does yeah. that. Oh or I'm God. going to try to get in bed with this woman oh, by looking, like, by looking like her boyfriend. Mm. But there's no real consequence. I mean, the movie doesn't... It, it does show him, like I said, getting in hot water later, but it still has him doing things in the guise of other people that... Those, actually follow that with those the people could get in trouble for like there's in fact a moment where he's going up against like a some some criminals like some gangs like you know like murderers and he's posing as this as as this one guy who is a real person who these people could run into and they would think that's the guy get him it was co-written i believe and directed by tom mccarthy who is a pretty good director or at least does interesting kind of quiet human dramas he did The Station Agent. He did The Visitor, which was a movie that I think we both liked yeah, a lot. Yeah. And then Spotlight this year, which was like the opposite of wow. The Cobbler. He did Spotlight. Literally Spotlight. the other end of the spectrum. Like he, he, he could take the worst film of the year, and he has a chance of winning an yeah. Oscar for the best picture. And that in makes it in year. one year. And that, again, makes it interesting That's because nuts. this, unlike a lot of Adam Sandler films, this does not feel like the Adam Sandler factory. <clears throat> this feels not. like Adam Sandler acting in a Tom McCarthy film. <laughs> And therefore, it's very strange that it has many of the flaws of an Adam Sandler movie, which is the kind of immature humor, the kind of lazy plotting. Adam Sandler really seems like he couldn't be bothered to act that... I mean, he's not unbelievable in the movie, but he's doing that same kind of dull performance that we've seen him give. Schlubbing it. Just kind of schlubbing it. And it's, it's so full of just odd touches. And I wrote down in my notes here, a little racist maybe? When Adam Sandler chooses to be Method Man when he wants to rob someone. And then I, my next sentence was, no, full-on racist. <laughs> Method Man is actually playing a cartoon thug. I mean, like, oh, an opportunity to have this character turn out to be something other than what you think he might be. And, I mean, to the point where I thought, why is Method Man taking this part? Because he just comes off looking like... I mean, he's like the one major African-American figure in the film, and he is basically... Cartoon thug down to he beats his girlfriend and he's got like a bunch of guns and he goes around you know like act, he watches he goes around saying stuff to people like he sees a woman with a kid and he says hey mommy want a new baby daddy ha 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 you know and he's got grills I mean it's just it's it's I think pretty racist and I'm sort of surprised that Tom McCarthy who seems to be sort of a sensitive thoughtful yeah. guy is behind this film it, to the extent that it feels like Tom McCarthy is behind it more so then Adam Sandler is behind it. It feels like he's acting in it. Now, I don't know. Steve Buscemi is in it. Yeah. It does have some of those little marks of yeah. an Adam Sandler film, but it's it's a queasy mix of like a, a an indie 
like the type of Sundance film you would see that has like a heartwarming message in it and mm. an Adam Sandler movie where you have bad things happening to people <clears throat> and 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 bathroom humor and stuff like there's little hints of of that it's just a really queasy queasy mix of a movie so i would say like it's but like all the movies on my list it's actually interesting enough to to be watched because it is bad in a way that's like it could be funny like I said, all those things that it just feels like the production is ignorant of the implications of what he's doing, even though they play up some of them. And you will come to a point in the film where a character says, with all seriousness, to Adam Sandler, you are a guardian of souls, Max. John. You are the cobbler. <laughs> I took the same fucking note. <laughs> this is your thing. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's like the gut punch, like... Like when, when, when all is revealed, when a respected actor says you are the gu- you're, you're a guardian of souls in this film, you won't be able to believe you're watching. It actually that sounds so bad. Takes a turn in the last five minutes that feels like if this was the context of, of this is the concept of this movie, it could have taken that turn about twenty minutes in. Yeah. It's just the weirdest thing. It's it's like I will say this: it tries to be the Kingsman in the last 10 minutes. And you won't know what I mean unless you watch the film. But it reminded me of a really ham-handed version of a lot of things that might have worked if it weren't, you know, this exact combination of elements. Like, there, the, some of the ideas... I might have admired the weirdness of this idea if it was done with a little bit more humor and a little bit more style. But it yeah. just feels like... Yeah. I mean, mm. I don't... That saying about walking a mile in someone's shoes, I don't think it means, like... If you look like them, you could really get away with some stuff, you know. But that's what the movie—that's how the movie kind of uses that yeah. concept. Whereas the the touching, corny version of it, I almost would have appreciated more if it's really just about appreciating people's lives because you see what they're up against. Mm. But there's almost none of that in this film. It's much more about just like it turns into like a crime story, you know. That's weird. Yeah, the cobbler. Mm. Mine is a Pixar film. <laughs> oh wow, uh, the Good Dinosaur. Oh wow. wow! They made it, it was, that far down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was. It was hard for me to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It was really, really bad. It didn't have anything in it. I mean, so I've been <clears> able to divorce, separate completely, separate the idea that beauty, visual beauty, and quality of script can be two very different things. Oh yeah, I can acknowledge that it's a very gorgeous movie. But well, we've never seen Pixar have such a gulf yeah. like that, you know. Like this really was the le- you know one of the least. Like I still don't know what concept they thought they had. Yeah, this film. it was it was a lot of different. You know, like it, there are movies, Pixar movies that I've seen that that do the the whole genre thing where it becomes like a different thing in a different setting for the purpose of moving the story along. You meet a new person, that person you're in that other person's world. And it becomes like a different pacing to the yeah. movie, but this this didn't do it well. And um, I, when I say I haven't heard anything about this movie, I have heard nothing about this movie after it came out. Mm-hmm. I've seen no posts about it. I've oh, seen nobody mention anything yeah, about you're it. Right. It's been swept under the rug in a way that I have never seen a Pixar movie swept under the rug, and it makes me so uncomfortable that. You know, Inside Out, a movie that people are saying is one of their best because it tackles something so complex, which is another story to me. Uh, another, we can talk about that another day. But um, Good Dinosaur coming out in the same year and having the opposite effect. 
having an almost idea that like I have heard nothing about this movie. No, you're right. It is odd. Strange. That, like, it hasn't had any of that kind of cultural impact. And I thought that it would have out of it would have out of the rubble there would have been some redeeming qualities like some of the characters kind of still becoming flagship sort of yeah, characters yeah. in the in the sort of Pixar like canon. icons even in the marketing sense just in the sense of yeah. seeing them on t-shirts and stuff right when i went to the disney store to buy them buy the stuff prior to the movie coming out i was like man there's still there's something about the way that this is being marketed i still don't think it's going to make it and i and, I, and after it came out was at the Disney store again. Nothing, almost nothing concerning that movie was there, man. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a shame because I did, I really was expecting to at least have a fun adventure, mm-hmm. and what I got was something that just didn't feel genuine, didn't feel fun. Uh, had a lot of the same. No, it was very familiar. Yeah, too familiar. It was like too weird in some ways and too familiar in other ways. Yeah. I, I really liked Spot. I mean, I, and, yeah, I, liked, I, and, I and I actually liked the design of Arlo. I know, I know a lot of people yeah. didn't like the cartooniness, but the two main characters, I liked the sight of them yeah. and I liked their relationship. But really what that comes down to is that one sweet scene where they kind of tell their stories to each other by like drawing in the sand and stuff. Right. And that's a moment that is not lifted directly from How to Train Your Dragon but it's very reminiscent of the moment in How to Train Your Dragon where they draw in the dirt with sticks right. and stuff. So it's like even that moment, which was right. very sweet and definitely got a little got a little dusty in the screening I saw for me, it was still a moment that felt warmed over and not like that kind of vintage Pixar, that kind of showing you something new. Yeah. Especially in a year. We were talking about Tom McCarthy having a year where he's got Spotlight and The Cobbler. Pixar mm-hmm. had Inside Out and then followed that up with the good dinosaur yeah you know strange it's it's yeah yeah I, I did not enjoy that movie i don't know if i feel as harshly as you do but i think it sounds like i agree with you to the letter i just feel like <laughs> somehow it ended up more in the middle of the 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 middle low portion of my list but right. it was like instantly kind of i forgot i mean like the storyline is one of the least inspired that that pixar has had for yeah. sure it's the whole it, reuniting with your family you know is just such a we've seen that so many times before. Yeah. And and if it hadn't come from such a prestigious company, mm-hmm. I would have I wouldn't have been so hard on it. But if if this this was the expectation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these are this this is in the same Wally, this is in the same Finding Nemo and and a, a movie that came out the same year as it. Yeah. Still this movie fell flat for me in a, in a, in a tremendous way. So Good dinosaurs on my list. So you call it the bad dinosaur, the, <laughs> the shitty dinosaur. <laughs> so I call the cobbler the slobbler. <laughs> so we should give nicknames <clears throat> to everything. Steve, my second pick for worst films of the year. I have so many on this list. I'm having really second guessing myself over here. <laughs> I have the one I'm going to definitely save. I mentioned this earlier, like. I've shown a lot of movies this year, so I'm trying to keep some of those movies off the list. Yeah. So I'm going to save them for my also rands. But one I haven't given any credit to is the Point Break remake, which oh. came out um, as a Christmas gift to nobody. I wanted to it was kind horrible. Of, yeah. um, so remakes all day, we'll talk about them. So mm-hmm. the thing with the remake is, so they'll put a remake out like, you know, Point Break. I don't know if you like Point Break or if you hate Point Break, but I love the original Point Break. Me too. Um, the idea of taking it and saying like, how do we make this more current? Like, let's make this guy 
a guy that does every single extreme sport that there is known to man. <laughs> and that's how we'll make it appeal to anybody that's possibly interested in any kind of extreme sport. Mm-hmm. And that just pissed me off. That seems so dumb. Like it's they're, so they're dumb. There's surfers it's, in the first one, right? Right, exactly. So there's surfers <clears throat> who rob banks. That that's that's it in a nutshell, you know. And and there's a cop. That's one of those. Young, how do you fuck this up? Right. Type he's concepts. a cop. He's a young guy. Goes undercover. Becomes one of them. Infiltrates. Figures it out. Whatever. Right, Falls right. in love with one of the girls along the way. His partner, who's a cop, is more of like traditional cop, who's like trying to keep him on the track. Don't go too deep. You know all that good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Gary Busey's in it. What do you need <laughs> <Yeah>. to know? <laughs> this one. I feel like they tried to like get all these extreme sports in. It looked it, the movie actually does look really gorgeous. Like a lot of the locations they shot in are like just stunning. But when a guy's name is Johnny Utah, that's who Kenneth Reeves played. And I don't know who the guy's name is that played in this one. If it's your first inclination to introduce the character by explaining why they call him Johnny Utah, mm-hmm. I don't care about Johnny Utah anymore. Like the name uh, makes no difference. Yeah, you know, like that was never a part of Point Break. It didn't matter why he was called that. Like, there's so much, I'm going to say this in my next other movie I choose, but there's, <laughs> there's so much, like, exposition, just explaining things that don't fucking matter. Right. Yeah. Like, this is a movie about catching criminals. That's it. Like, don't make it more, don't make it more spiritual, and there's, like, this mystical element to it, like, with the, you know, these, 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 um, eco, eco, I don't want to say terrorists, but eco warriors who are doing this horrible thing for a reason that they see as just, mm. you know? It's kind of like, you know, the implications of what you're doing are completely dismissed. Like, kind of like with the cobbler's thing you were talking about. Like, they're doing some pretty bad shit. Which, again, my whole complaint with that is not that you can't have a story where someone isn't facing implications. But when the movie doesn't seem to be aware of the implication. You know what I mean? When it seems like the people that made the movie didn't think that was an interesting thing. Right. It always is very strange to me. Like, it feels underimagined or something. Yeah, I don't know. And just like, you know... The way things are laid out, you just kind of see everything from a mile away. Yeah. Mm. Um, the only takeaway from it really is just like that it's a really good looking thing. You mm-hmm. know, it was in 3D as well, which, you know, I, I'm not a fan of 3D, but seeing some of like, um, like my biggest criticism with 3D a lot of times is that it like kind of darkens everything. Mm-hmm. But like seeing some of the 3D, like on a snow, t- on like a snow capped mountain, which is already super bright, it didn't actually bother me as much, you know? Oh, so there yeah. was a little bit of a silver lining, but, um, yeah, just the movie's a complete mess. I mean, Edgar Martinez is in it, who um, was also in Joy this year. Was See, I don't know who... I, I remember the one thing that made this movie look particularly bad to me was... And this isn't always a bad sign. But that I didn't... I was like... I think I even said, am I supposed to know who anyone in this is? Like, it, I didn't quite understand... Right. Like, the remake... Frequently when they remake a property like that, you go, oh, now blank is played by blank, right. and blank is played by blank. I see. Like, you know, I mean, two on the nose would have been saying, okay, now Keanu Reeves is playing the... The cop. The, the cop yeah. role, or, or whatever. But yeah, it's the, like... The, the, the harder cop, yeah. But it's like, there was none of that sense of, like, passing the baton. There was no, no sense of, like... I don't know, it just felt like it was a kind of what you were suggesting it feels like oh the name of this movie came up in the list of films to be remade and they just went and did it mm. it didn't sound like they had a great concept it didn't seem right. like it was ever a movie that people were really gonna there's love. like enough of a bone structure or like a like a skeleton structure here that mm-hmm. like they could just slap the name on it that's right. what I was wondering and, and, and make it like oh yeah see he's like undercover and he's like figuring out what these guys are doing and they're at some point on a surfboard so let's just call it point break yeah, you know, right. like, Gary Busey's character in the original Point Break is such a great character, 
and well, mainly because Gary Busey is just like awesome. Mm-hmm. But like Ray Winstone is in this movie mm-hmm. as as the as the hard edged cop, and like he's fucking horrible, mm-hmm. and he's a good actor. Yeah, he's like good. He's fun to watch and good stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about it. I don't want to ramble because I. I just feel like I I think it's 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 the example that I have of like you know, we talk about remakes and I'm like yeah I'm about it mm-hmm. you know and I love Point Break like genuinely love Point Break not even kidding like it's a great movie to me, mm-hmm. and it's like this is an example of like they didn't take the property and add anything to it they took the property and like hoard it out yeah and that pisses me off because mm-hmm. now people like you know not that i feel like it would have like woken people to like watch point break the original one yeah, it seems but, like, like it's just squandering though yeah, it is point it break is, is could have it could have but cuz point break is a film that has gained a huge cult following yeah. you know i mean it's like it, it it yeah it just seems like a waste yeah to do that i mean i'm not even a person that has a huge attachment to it but i thought it was strange when this movie seemed like it was kind of sneaking out Without much of a cast, it seems like why not put a couple of recognizable faces in there and create a little sense of, oh, it's this generation's point break instead of like, oh, the obligatory remake is out and now we've put it out in theaters and now you folks can just move along. Yeah, they it canceled, just felt like... they canceled the press screenings for yeah. it. Oh, they did. Oh yeah, it was like no, there was a big news article that week of they canceled the showings for it. It's gotten horrible reviews, but that's a good point though. Like, there's really nobody. Ray Winstone is pro- and Edgar Martinez is probably like most recognizable names of names that most people that go to movies in the yeah. general American public don't know their names. Right. They don't know these people. Right. Like the the cast is largely like an Australian New Zealand based cast. Like um what's the uh from Warm Bodies? Um what's her name? The the, the girl that was in Warm Bodies? Oh, I don't know. Um she, she's like the the girl lead in in this film and like just completely dismissed like doesn't need to be in the movie at all like they completely bypass the need for that character really there's no attachment oh, between wow. the male lead and her and and in the original movie Kenneth Reeves and Laurie Petty like are really great together and like I feel like I'm like pumping up Point Break the original one like it's like some masterwork but it's like just a really fucking fun action movie to me and this movie was not fun like it was good to look at and that's really all I can say about it but yeah Point Break this is a this is a hash on the column of do not yeah, this, this this is a point for Ronald when if we were back in uh, the old school movie movie days, like, 2012. Yeah, this, this, this is like a I'd be like, yeah, Ronald, this is an example you can tell me three years from now yeah. as that a bad remake. It'd be this one. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I was just looking at the the box office for uh, for my films on this list, and I thought it was interesting <clears> that. I wanted to have mentioned, because I thought this was such a surprisingly low number, you may know this, Steve, that the Cobbler's box office take was astonishingly yeah. low. $24,000. <laughs> what? And the what was the budget? And, and, and a budget of $10 million. What? So not a, not, a, not a dinky little movie, you know? Yeah. And well, and that seems like that would be the worst gross, surely, of any film released theatrically that could be on this list. But no, actually, my, my next pick... <laughs> Is a movie that actually managed to make less than that. This movie cost twenty six million to make. Oh man! And made four thousand five hundred dollars in wow. the theater. And it's another film uh, with a pedigree that you would say, okay, um, this could be good. Maybe not. Maybe not once you started to hear about it. But when when you hear that David O. Russell is uh, working on a film, 
it kind of you know it perks you up a little bit. You wonder what it could be. And this was a few years ago. This yeah. was around 2009, 2010. I started hearing about a movie called Nailed. Yeah. That mm. was uh, going to be a David O. Russell joint. And then very shortly after that, the project seemed to be frozen. It wasn't coming out. And then along comes a film called Accidental Love that was released, kind of snuck into theaters early in 2015. Um, under the director's name and the screenplay uh, credit, which would have gone to David O. Russell, strangely has now been changed to Stephen Green. And there's no mention of David O. Russell's <laughs> name anywhere on the project. Now, Stephen Green is basically like, it's a it's it's his form of uh, Alan Smithy. You know, when, when a director or a writer wants to take their name off of a movie because they feel like something happened to it outside their control, they don't want their name on it. Alan Smithy is like the famous really? Hollywood example of that. So if you ever see the name Alan Smithy on a film, it means that somebody took their name off of the film. Wow. Well, David O. Russell did that, but used Stephen Green instead of Alan Smithy, but it's the same premise. It's just a movie that he did not want his name going out on. <clears throat> wow. Um, now... Cast, you got Jessica Biel, you got uh, James Marston. Oh, yeah. You've got Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, you've got Catherine Keener, you got Tracy Morgan, wow. you got James Brolin. Um, I got good news for you. Our boy Jake G is incapable of sucking. Nice. He's He brings a manic comic quality to his role in this that if everyone was acting on this, if everyone was doing as good a job as Jake Gyllenhaal was doing in this, it might have been um, just a moderately you know, unsuccessful film or one of those kind of inspired messes or whatever. He's, he's actually funny. Um, but the rest of the cast is just at sea in this film. No one seems to know what to do. I wasn't really clear. I went back and looked at the, the history of it. It says that some reshoots were ordered to finish it. Like David O. Russell, uh, you know, was off the project and I think it sat around for a few years before they finished it. And at that point, it's really unclear who may have directed some of the connective tissue that they needed uh, to to make the movie complete. Wow. But it definitely, even though his movies can be quite shaggy and quite messy, it does not have the cohesion of a typical David O. Russell film. Like, there is something deeply missing, deeply lacking from this movie that might have made it feel necessary. There's so many people in this movie. It's got a great cast. And, you know, James Marsden is not bad either. He plays kind of a douchey character, and and he's having fun playing the sort of, the kind of, like, he's like the ex-boyfriend of Jessica Biel's character, and he kind of <clears throat> wants her back when, when she's up and then doesn't want her back when she's down, and that's he's kind of funny. Right. But, you know, and the scenes between him and Jake Gyllenhaal are actually, you know, there's a couple of moments that actually play as funny. And, in fact, James Marsden reminds me a little bit of the way that Mark Wahlberg was used in I Heart Huckabees, where he's kind of a, a like a lug who there's a certain kind of comedic quality to him. Right. But this movie is just a mess. I mean, it's one of those awkward, shrill movies where the characters are just kind of running around and you feel like everybody thought maybe this is going to work out. This is going to come together. This is going to be funny. And then it has the weirdest ending. I mean, it's like the ending really seems to point out that this movie was not finished and they just took the footage that they had and tried to end it. The ending goes into like it's a lazy thing for a lot of comedies to do is have like a dance sequence at the end someone's mm. getting married or there's a party and everyone's having a dance <clears throat> well there's dancing with there's like all the actors kind of mugging you know and where you can tell that the song they're playing over the dancing is a song they chose after the fact uh. and that the people were all on set dancing to like 
a beat or something, but some people don't look like they're dancing to the song that's playing. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes in a party scene on a show, you'll realize that people are dancing, and but they don't seem like they're all dancing to the same thing because the music wasn't being played. You know. Yeah. So this ends with a goofy dance off, and it's it's cringe inducing how kind of cutesy it is, and everyone seems to be having so much fun. But then it cuts from the dancing to bloopers, a few bloopers. And then back to the dancing, where everyone's dancing in character. It's just the sloppiest, laziest. I mean, it just is the weirdest thing. And it definitely does not feel like something that, that David O. Russell would have done. Like, I just don't think he would have had that kind of... That A.K.A. Kind of, Stephen Green. Like, as bad... Yeah, Stephen Green would not have done this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm again, like The Cobbler, it's almost interesting enough of a failure to say you should see this if you're curious about, like, how close to a David O. Russell movie can something be and not work Mm. um but yeah it's a waste of a decent cast it's it's too much of a silly concept and too much of a contrived concept to really say that the idea seems like it would have had any juice with someone else i'm really uh it's kind of like what i was saying about um the development of force awakens when we talked about that last week i really would love to see a detailed breakdown of what happened with this movie because Mm. it is you know david o russell you might not love his films but he doesn't typically make just nearly unwatchable films but this is one of those where he got like three quarters of the way in and i couldn't believe that it was that this was the climax and it was actually still as thin as it was it was just a really a really ill-conceived thing so accidental love here's an example before i leave the subject here's an example of of uh of the type of film we're watching here. One thing is there's a scene where someone's speaking to a crowd and when they speak into the microphone, you get that form of like feedback that you only ever get in a movie when someone's like going, uh, what's going on? Whoop. You know, that, that feedback that I've never heard in an actual PA mm. in my life. You've, you've done enough comedy and you've done enough yeah, music yeah. in clubs to know what I mean, Steve. Yeah. That, you know, that sound that yep. they always throw in. And just when you're thinking, Oh, maybe that was the one egregious sound effect this movie's going to use. That's a terrible cliche. No, there is a moment later in the film where something happens that changes things and you get a record scratch on the soundtrack. <laughs> it actually does it. The, the needle going off the record as like just a part of the, like a sound effect in the film that they just throw into just to make you go, Whoa, what happened? So. That's terrible. That's a, some, something a little tidbit that I'm looking at about this movie. And it says that it was filmed in 2008. And by the time it came out, the patient protection and affordable care act, Obamacare. Uh huh. Had already been passed into law, making the film's message about healthcare totally irrelevant. And it's so bad. It's like it's not just irrelevant. Two thousand eight. It's like ham fisted. Like yeah. it's like it's clumsy. Like there's this movie seems to have no concept of how politics, or at least I felt yeah. like it was a completely, which is odd because it was co-written by Kristen Gore, who is Al Gore's daughter. Oh, well, oh right. I and I think it's that. based on a novel that she, she wrote. wrote. Yep, so you yep, would think yep. that it would have some like insider like. You know, some of the black comedy about politics would at least be Present, like yeah. uh, informed, but not not even. So. Wow, I forgot about that. I would watch it. I call it Craxidental Love. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a little conflicted. Why? Because of my last pick. Oh, you have to decide which of them you're going to pick. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess my last pick. Fuck. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go back to my document. All right. Uh, my last pick is uh, something I talked about before that I have to reiterate. I love the world of Peter Pan. 
Ah. I love the world of Peter Pan. I finally saw it. I couldn't agree more. And and there's something really. I think you can just ride on rails when it comes to just the 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 coolness of that world, mm-hmm. and to make choices like using grunge music as like something you chant in in the in this world and james hook's voice being almost unbearable and i saw a clip what is up with that it was very oh yeah yeah just, i don't know if he was like I'm trying Captain to james channel hook. like dustin hoffman from hook or what he was weird. doing was but it was strange. like so like yeah, like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, like it was it was hard to listen to. Horrible. Um, it wasn't. Qu- I was I wasn't quite sure what the world was that they were in. Like, uh, I... well, Neverland. Yeah, it like, I don't know what it looked kind of Boz Lermany to me. Like that's what I thought they bit. were going. Like for. the worst Boz Lermany. Yeah, like the like Boz on his worst day. You know what I mean? Like I, I absolutely know what you mean. It it had. We've seen the trailer for his Netflix series. Cannot fuck. Looks so good. I was not prepared for that. Uh, it got sent to me midday, and I'm like, uh, press play. My brain. <laughs> fuck. Did you see that trailer? Yeah. Oh, God, awesome. man. Between that and the um, HBO show with Bobby Cannavale, it looks like vinyl. Yeah, it looks like a couple of good music music, yeah. music yeah. industry i love it when people take like a uh, like a subculture or like a cultural <laughs> moment and and kind of explore it like that like that yeah, feels like yeah. a good backdrop for a show you yeah. know Definitely. a juicy backdrop um one of the What's weird it called, the get from, down yeah yeah something bad happened today mm-hmm. <laughs> so good anyway yeah yeah that looks amazing but yeah this felt like one of his movies but like the skeleton of it and None of the soul, it just didn't have much to it. It was hard to watch. And I wasn't quite sure what Neverland was. And the the, the ship fights and all that stuff and upside down. And I, I, I don't understand what it was. It was very, like, convoluted. Mm-hmm. And I, it felt like a staff wrote it. And that doesn't always feel good. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't always feel good that, like, a, a room full of 15 people wrote something shitty. And how does a movie that costs like over a hundred million dollars look horrible? Yeah, it looked like shit. It the looked C- like it came out like eight the, years the ago. The CG was distractingly horrible. <laughs> it was bad. Like just yeah, like the clouds. What looked- is what is the guts of Peter Pan's story? That the boy can fly, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you make every scene where he's flying look like a ball of rubber in the air? Yeah. Like it looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like that? It like looked that weird. Bad? Yeah. And were they trying to do something stylized and it just no. didn't work? No. So man. the so the deal was like the close shots of him were just him on strings, but when he would fly in the distance, it looked like rubber. It looked like uh, the only thing I can really compare it to is like you know in uh, t- Titanic. <laughs> you know in Titanic when they show uh, like a far shot of the people walking on a mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's like this. It's like that. Except it was the very in, early form of that. Like, what am I watching? Crowd yeah, compo- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, except every time he flew in the air and he was in the distance, it looked like that. You can tell it had, they cut to a CGI. And even like the coverage shots of him in the air, like the close-up shots yeah. in the air, like just so weird, like seeing them put his face, I don't know, mm-hmm. just, that was one of the most distracting things about the movie for me. I felt like the pacing of it was all over the place and like not even really knowing what they were trying to like say. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what like, the message of the movie was. I don't really even was. know what the real plot 
of the movie was. I thought it was a really cool idea that he was like friends with Hook and stuff like that prior to. I don't know what I was watching. It was trash. I want to know what the losses were for that movie. I don't think that movie did well at all because I didn't hear anything about it. I don't even remember. (laughs) It bombed for sure. I was surprised. Remember seeing that you went and saw it like that opening weekend. I went. Yeah, I was because I like I like Peter Pan. (gasps) Me too. I love Peter Pan. I just yeah something worried me about it when it (laughs) got pushed back. Instinct was correct. Yeah, garbage. The movie was garbage. Also, I don't. It's just a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, it's like they had a little tag there. Yeah. <laughs> so my last one is going to just basically... Um, it's weird because I don't even really know that I was excited about this movie. And I saw this late in the game after I've already, I'd have already i already heard from tons of people how bad it was. Mm-hmm. But I think it could possibly be the worst comic book movie ah. ever. Maybe, maybe ever put out like especially marvel that has marvel attached to it at all even though it's not like the disney version of marvel studios but um josh trank's fantastic four yes oh okay Um, gotcha i even watched it again to maybe feel like if i just like could remove myself maybe i just was being unfair because of everything i'd heard but it is it is it is such a weird movie to watch and such a misfire I've read a lot about That's why like, it was on my list too. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I've read a lot about like how like at some point he said like it was supposed to be a two hour and twenty minute movie that got cut down to ninety minutes, and that's probably happened. I mean, like th- there's there's a history of all the stuff that happened with him in the studio. I just don't know if I trust Josh Trent. I mean, no, no, I don't trust. Josh but I'm, but I'm just saying, I I I've heard there being this scuttlebutt that what he wanted to make, I, I think what he wanted to make was fundamentally flawed. From what I've heard him say, and from what that they were trying to do right mm-hmm. they were trying to <clears throat> do something that treated the transformation of these characters t- talking about the fantastic yeah. four go out go you know the the famous story of them from the comics is they go out into outer space they get hit by cosmic rays they get powers they come back in the comics they become like a famous group of heroes like who the world loves yeah and they're like super smart and they have these like upbeat adventures where they're it's all to do with like inventions and yeah. going to different worlds and flying through space. And it's like I don't know that they could have done that all in one movie. I'm fine with them taking the using the time to lay the groundwork to make it more plausible. Mm-hmm. But this is a movie that needed fun. It needed a spirit of I mean, frankly, we now know that Peyton Reed, who ended up directing Ant Man and and making a very fun film, yeah. was originally slated to direct the Fantastic Four back in the day, and his take on it was supposed to be more of a retro, like a sixties kind of fun take on oh, superheroes. Cool. Which again, seeing that he brought that to Ant Man, I think we can see maybe here's a guy who would have gotten that tone right. Yeah. But I just don't know that Josh Trank I think he was out of his league on this movie. I mean, I think there's no question. Like the breakdowns you hear about on set, yeah. I, I, that once again, I really want to hear the. I want to read, read the book, that book yeah. that goes into the making of this movie because I think his take, which was to say, let's make this like almost like body horror. Let's make the transformation something that is like horrific to these characters, and they come back mm. and it's like they're living a nightmare. I just feel like that's the wrong tone for what should be a fun, and especially in a day when the effects they could use to create 
Mr. Fantastic oh, yeah. and his stretching powers. I mean, here's a guy who turns himself into a trampoline to catch people. Here's a guy who turns into a parachute. He turns into a hammer. You know what I mean? Like, he, there's none of that. It doesn't have to be goofy like that. But we've right. seen in recent years with the Marvel movies, you can have a talking tree named Groot. You can have a raccoon that, that, people, that people think is a badass. So there's really no reason why they <clears> couldn't <throat> have done a more fun version of this film. I think that was the biggest problem. It's just miss, that yeah. right out of the gate, the tone was trying to be like... The X-Men meets something else, but it didn't even have the... I mean, it's it, it was not even as good as... as I don't know. I, w- I guess I would say it's worse than the worst X-Men film. Definitely. But, but that, And that's saying something. That's bad. You know? yeah. uh, it's not... And the, the biggest thing for me that is a complaint on this movie is that the people were so complaining. There was a lot of bullshit about the cast. The cast is not the problem in no, this. Definitely. They showed up ready to play characters that were kind of fun. I think Miles Teller could have been a great Mr. Fantastic. I think Michael Jordan could have been <clears> a great... Um, uh, a great uh, Johnny, Johnny, Storm. Johnny Storm. And I even thought that Kate Mara, who can be kind of dull, she was at least, like, again, her playing that role could have been something good. I, and mm. Dr. Doom, they bungled. I mean, here's a guy who's supposed to have, like, burns on his face, and so he wears a metal mask, and he's, like, the leader of a country. In the comics, he's, like, he's got a country that he lives in a castle, and he's the leader, and he has these Doom bots he sends out. I mean, again, it doesn't have to be exactly that, but what they did in the movie, making him like a, a hacker yeah. who goes to this other world and comes back with like weird skin, and now he's got like every every he, power, every power yeah. he can bend reality, and then they go fight him in this other world, and the fight scene is like a blink and you miss it fight scene. It, like, there's nothing to the climax of this film. There's literally nothing to it. Henry, the movie is eighty percent origin story, yeah. Twenty percent anything else, yeah. And the anything else is nothing else, and it's crammed, yeah. Like the twenty yeah, percent, literally. Is like, like it's like you, you pick up with with <clears throat> Mister Fantastic has run and gone into hiding, yeah. It just doesn't. And he's feel gone like, a little like beard, yeah. He's got a little facial it, hair. It just grow. doesn't feel like a very <laughs> heroic move at all, yeah. But you didn't see it yet. Oh no. man! But yeah, the, the, Aaron saw it and she was like troubled. Yeah, well, it was well, bad. They, man. they they just they try too hard to make things seem plausible. The, the visual realization of the powers is, is I mean, it's literally lacking in almost any way. Like, I, I can't believe they still have not come up with a cinematic version of the thing that looks like somebody you'd want to look at. The way that they make, you know what I mean? The thing is, like, he looks like he's in pain. Yeah. He just looks bad. I don't see why they can't have the flat rocks with the big, yeah, yeah, with big, the big brow brown. and the, like, what's wrong with? Why can't they do that? They, you they know, like, can do it. They maybe just it's don't too want... cartoony, but I think, again, <clears throat> that's a question about the tone of this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they could have with these players. Even with this setup. I didn't even mind the setup of them being like school friends and so, him yeah. being this guy who's always inventing stuff. It, it just felt limited from the start. Like, you feel like it felt like they didn't have enough budget. From the first frame of this film, it feels like everything's being kept a little small. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it did make its money back, a budget of 120 million and a box office of 168. So really, worldwide, it made its budget right? back. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that doesn't count marketing yeah. and everything. I, I think that the the one thing here is that 20th Century Fox, who has this franchise, they want to keep it away from Marvel. Um, but I'm hearing that they might lose it. Like, well, they, they won't lose it if they don't. I think they've got like five years or seven years or something to make another movie. They might not want to negotiate. That you know, but I do think that. If they want to make another, if they want to keep this franchise going, they're <clears> going to have to do something crazy to invigorate it, like cross it over with the X Men, or just—I mean, I don't even know what they can do. I have yeah. a feeling this cast 
would love to redeem the material, but I mean, is it going to be a few years from now? They're just going to quietly say the rights have been negotiated. There's going to be a new movie, and they're going to recast because I know when they started this movie, they were thinking they were creating something new. Yeah, you know? yeah. and it's just such a failure. I mean, the, the biggest indication is that my <clears throat> my son, you know, even Henry knew it was bad. Like yeah. when we talk about this movie, it's rare for there to be a movie that Henry will bring it up to talk about it, how lacking it was. But yeah. he he thought Doom was you know too powerful and that the fight scene at the end wasn't very cool and that mr fantastic didn't get to use his powers and it's like you're kind of missing the boat if a seven-year-old is going right there's something wrong here you know yeah Yeah. i mean i think what's going to happen is the same thing that happened with spider-man where like it it tanks so badly that they just negotiate something with marvel because like they're collaborating on the next spider-man movie Mm -hmm, or something like i think that's what's going to happen because i heard i've read something like they want to make another Fantastic Four movie, but it's going to be another one. It's going to be another... Well, they took it out of its slot and like gave it yeah. to like, a Deadpool sequel. It's like, yeah. Like, which, yeah. Oh, that's such a... Oh. And I think that's what's... I think eventually, because these other companies have these properties, they're going to screw it up, give it back to Marvel, and then Marvel's going to manufacture another movie. Mm-hmm. In, in like two years, two years after they've it's failed. And that's... Well, I mean, when uh, I when I walked into this movie and I'd heard that there was some talk of them crossing over with X Men, I got a little excited about the notion of like a dimensional portal opening oh, up and these cool. other heroes coming through. It could be cool. They they could still redeem these actors in these roles could still be something that you'd want to watch. But the way they did this film, I mean, there's almost no, I'm trying to think of anything about it that I really really liked, and I can't think of anything at all. Everything I liked no, actually a, came from. Something the performers brought to the film, and I think furthermore, you know, Josh Trank, what is it? After this, he got he got invited to to leave, to leave the Star, Star Wars, Wars project yeah. that he was on. Now that you've seen the well, he level got invited at which to leave, well, I he mean, was, it, yeah, he it was a he left, but it seemed like he was uh, fired kind of thing. You yeah, know? he was set up for one of the anthology movies. Wow, but I mean, like, think about the fact that now that we see the level that these that new Star Wars is operating on, how oh my God. how smart they were to to not deal with someone who's that erratic, you know, because everyone they have lined up to make one of these Star Wars films right now is at least interesting. Actually, Colin Trevorrow is the is the least interesting filmmaker to me of the batch they've got. Mm-hmm. I think Gareth Edwards, I'm really looking forward to what he'll do. I remember thinking when I was watching Godzilla that just the scope of what he can present on screen can be pretty awesome. And I'm really excited, even though I don't know what uh, casting a young Han Solo is going to be like, I'm really excited about Lord and Miller doing a directing a Lawrence Kasdan script for a young Han Solo movie that could be fucking awesome yeah you know those guys feel like they might reinvent something you know absolutely Josh Trank if he was involved I would just be thinking like please please don't be the worst thing yet you know (laughs) and then shit on everybody afterwards yeah I I don't know yeah yeah the talking out of school too I don't like what he did man it just he just handled that whole situation really poorly do you ever feel kind of embarrassed for somebody? Yeah, because I felt embarrassed. I mean, not just the <clears throat> fact that the movie wasn't well received and that the rumors were bad, but the way he handled it. You're yeah. right, Ronald was really like unprofessional and embarrassing. Yeah. Way to be a punk. And then yeah. hearing everybody, because what we're saying is he he came out against the film basically when it was coming out. Yeah. The reviews were bad, and he basically said, "This isn't the movie that I wanted to make." And then hearing Michael B. Jordan on the Creed run, whenever they'd ask him about it, him politely being like, "Well, you know." The movie was what it was, and despite it being a piece of shit, he still didn't say anything horrible. Right. I was expecting him to just destroy that movie. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't like the way they 
he handled it. Yeah. So has there been any word about Josh Trank? What's up with him now? Is he just is he just in director jail for the time being? I mean, he's definitely in director jail. Yeah, but I'm saying, is that is that it? Or is there something, is there I don't, a project? I don't know that he has anything in development yeah. right now. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I thought Chronicle was great. Yeah, Chronicle I was actually was a excited to movie. hear about it. And then, and then, you know, you started hearing more about what his vision was and you were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that that idea of deconstructing superheroes, it only takes you so far these days. You need to tap into something about what made them originally what they are. And I don't think that he had... Any affection for for that original concept of these characters, and I'm a little bummed that what should be the most fun of all the superhero films has now been it's a, as a franchise, it's like a two time loser. Yeah, it's like yeah. stained. There's a there's also He's got nothing in production. Really, and that's bad. There's yeah. also something to be said about the idea of like what Dark Knight did, like mm-hmm. that whole. I mean, like while there were a, that was a great trilogy, it changed the way that directors handle comic book franchises mm-hmm. they're like well why don't we shape it in a world that's more realistic and make mm-hmm. these characters more serious yeah and, which is a great thing but also might be a terrible thing it's, it's just not right run. for every property it's right. not it's like, does it play with the source or not right yeah. if you can't tell the story well why the fuck would you make them more serious it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense so yeah kind of looks like a punk yeah he kind of does like like he would be the guy that like calls <laughs> he the studio would, out after the fact he yeah. would do that like, he would on, be flipping on, out and flipping stuff come up. Come on, bro. Yeah. It's just... All right, well, that was my last one. What do you got, John? Um, well, that was actually going to be my last one. I'll mention what what would have been my, my fourth uh, film, or if I was doing a top four, okay. this film would have been on there. Um, I've reached the... I'm not saying I'll never watch another found footage horror film again, but I've I've kind of reached... Boy, this is going to sound like a terrible pun, mm. but I didn't mean it to be one, but I've kind of reached the end of my rope with The Gallows. Yeah. Um. I heard that movie was awful. I didn't see it. Super but... annoying, like, characters. Mm-hmm. I will say that it did make me think, in the same way that Unfriended yeah. worked, that mm-hmm. the characters were annoying, and you realize, well, teenagers are annoying. Mm-hmm. But this felt like, once again, a bunch of halfway decent teen actors are being asked to improv a lot of, like, yelling over each other and running around. It was just very shrill and very hard to watch. Like, it was... It, it just it just was annoying to watch. And there is, like, a protagonist at the beginning who is so annoying and so abrasive, you realize as you're going along, okay, we're being set up to sort of enjoy seeing this character <laughs> get yeah. killed later. Yeah. But it still wasn't enough. Like, even though I knew that's what they were doing, it still made the experience of watching The Gallows is just a, not a very pleasurable experience. And it really, like, they do some semi-interesting things with the found footage aspect as far as, like, who's filming and why. But they also really, it's also, like, got all the worst traits of that, yeah. where it's, like, people are filming and it's just constantly calling attention to the fact that there's one person with a phone and another person with a camera and it's switching back and forth between the two. There were a couple of neat moments where you see like one camera's view of what's going on and then it cuts and then you see the other camera's view. And mm. some of that was okay, but it just was too... You know how I said that the Goonies was too much kids running around screaming? I, I think I could go to sleep. I'd put the Goonies on to soothe myself to sleep compared to a movie <laughs> like this. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I think as with all horror films, there'll be a moment or a scene or something where you say, that made me jump or that was an interesting framing. But I'm just so sick of the the template of the found footage thing. Like, it, it just makes for, it gives you, like, license to be really lazy with your plotting because you're just following people around. And so there's just all these transitional scenes where, like, they're running down a hall and it's just a bunch of blurred footage. It's like, I want to see a little bit more cinema 
And yeah. something like It Follows, which was such a cinematic take on a horror film and such an interesting looking yeah. film, I want to see more of that in horror and less of this, yeah. sure. you know, people running around with video cameras. Did you see the trailer for that found footage horror film? Like? Oh, I don't know. I'm, you know. Uh, the, with the with uh, the technology one, yeah, Ratter, yeah. yeah. I'm so interested. It looks, it looks okay. I'm interested. Somebody hacks into this. I mean, if I hear t- that it's good, I'll watch it. But yeah. I'm, I'm you're still, done. <laughs> you're done. I'm, out. Otherwise, I'm done. I'm done, son. But you know, um, <clears throat> like mentioning Unfriended again, like that one was one that was that was annoying. But there was something about that concept. I think that we all agreed they, yeah. they did a good job of achieving oh, the yeah. sort of social, the life on social media part yeah, of it, and definitely. the way that was actually kind of creepy. This just didn't have anything that quite matched that in terms of why would I watch these obnoxious characters? You know, the one thing this movie did reasonably well was, um, again, it was abrasive and annoying to watch. But the sort of the dynamics in high school, like the kind of viciousness between yeah. like the jocks and the theater kids did feel like it rang true <clears throat> to some extent. Yeah. Because there's like a couple of jocks that are in the school play or involved in the school play. And you see that they're getting teased by the by the football team. Mm. But they're also like having a hard time being accepted almost kind of amongst the theater kids. And that felt like it might be kind of true. Um, and the, at least the kids did look young for the most part. That was another thing I kind of liked about it. But by the time it gets to the end, you're just so can see what's happening coming from a mile away, and you're just tired of spending time in this world. Mm, the gallows. The gallows. <clears throat> I call it the gollies. <laughs> the gal knows. <laughs> um, I could have given my my bottom three easily to Mr. Sandler. I, I opted not to. I was going to give him the trifecta. Because you just talked about him, yeah. Yeah, I talked about him two years in a row for my Bah Humbug. So, with The Cobbler, Pixels, Pixels. and The Ridiculous Six. Yeah. But it's one of the best... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that says more about... You're talking about the fact that Netflix is saying it's one of the most watched things? Yeah. Now, do they mean mo- think- most watched ever or most watched for the month that it was out? I think ever. Look- they were saying ever. Uh, no, I think it's for 30 days. 30... 30- the most watched in 30 days of, than, than any Netflix property. Of, yeah. Okay. Of any, yeah, that's okay. Nuts. Nuts. Original that's still not or, quite. Original or licensed. But so they mean in the history, though. There's, yeah. there's, but over 30 days. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens over six months or whatever. But, you know, they're bragging about it. I mean, I guess they're pretty happy with their investment. That, there's definitely enough Adam Sandler fans absolutely. out there to, to, to carry something like that. It's just, it doesn't jibe with the Netflix brand. You know what I mean? Like, Netflix oh, is setting itself up to be something a little bit more prestigious. Yeah. Netflix the only has... time that I have felt bad about Netflix. I always defend Netflix. We've had mm. this as a topic on the show before. I feel about Ridiculous <laughs> 6 and this deal with Adam Sandler as I do about when Netflix tried to have something called Quickster, which is when they tried to separate their company into two factions. Yeah. Mm. Horrible decision. It backfired. This doesn't know... I don't know. It doesn't look like this is backfiring as much because apparently people love the shit out of this movie in terms mm. of at least watching it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like a pivot for them, but yeah. it's like a pivot in terms of their model. But content-wise, I just feel like it's like such a... That's the shit stain on their mm-hmm. yeah. wall of achievements or whatever. Especially because concurrently is... it's coming out with something like we talked about, like making a murderer, which is like truly in the conversation culturally right now. Right. And like Ridiculous Six is like, they're just like, they're like, by the way, guys, it's yeah. like the most viewed thing. Don't don't think it's horrible. People are watching it. Like, now, is Adam Sandler ever going to want better reviews and try to make something good? He does not give a shit. 
He doesn't, man. I mean, I'm not. He is an. I say that knowing that, like, if if you were at that level, maybe you don't care about the reviews. But I seems that you would still want to make something good. I think he had a moment where he cared. He did. He was trying to put out like like Spanglish and stuff. Spanglish and punch drunk. Yeah. But but those are examples of him working in someone else's film. Absolutely. I'm saying cared to try something else. But you know, they didn't. I don't know net what he wanted, but oh god, man. Yeah. So he could have easily had the three. But I was like, yeah, I'll pick some other movies because I've already talked enough about it. <laughs> well, I felt a little bad mentioning The Cobbler just because we just <clears> talked <throat> about him. But I felt like we didn't do, no, no, we didn't do was, a deep delve. Just, yeah. If the shoe fits, guys. I also had um, I had uh, Gem in the Holograms, Lazarus Effect, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. That movie was Sinister terrible. Two, Mordecai, and I had Fifty Shades of Grey, but I also mentioned that yeah. on my bug. If I were to go up to a, f- a fifth... Uh, it would have been a tie between the two Eli Roth films that I saw this year. Knock, uh, knock, and I didn't Green, see Green Inferno. Inferno, but, knock, but neither one of those is horrible, and that mm. just goes to show you the drop between those two films. If I had done the top five, those would have been tied for five. The drop between five and 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 or yeah, between five and four, four right. would have been you mm. know the big drop there because above that is movies like Crimson Peak, we'll, we're still here, Krampus, Goosebumps, movies that I thought were okay. Yeah, you know. But the movies that I actually saw that were truly bad, they were pretty much all represented here tonight. <laughs> Krampus. Well, that's it. That's the bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. An Entourage. Good news. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fucking I didn't entourage. hate Entourage. I don't know. Oh, man. That was the one that yeah. I almost watched. I'm sorry. I'm holding up weird. Like, I almost watched thinking, I don't think I'll like this, but I, I feel like I should see it. Yeah. You know, thinking, but I decided no. It's like maybe life. It's too not short. good. It's not yeah. good. But I feel like I just gave it a pass because I like used to love the show, mm-hmm. and that's my fault. But uh, that's it, guys. So your mileage may vary, but we're, I, you know, I still think all of the films that I mentioned, with maybe the exception of The Gallows, um, are interesting enough to. I mean, I would feel like if you're curious about whether the whether Fantastic Four is really that bad. It's it's worth seeing just to see maybe how how far <laughs> how far astray right. a a a big property that they're trying to groom for something big you know like this clearly was an attempt but what's weird about it is that doesn't seem like they really try like it feels like they attempted but you know 120 million is maybe a little bit less than you would expect to pay for like a huge franchise starting film like this you know what I mean mm, like in our in the world maybe. today. But no, nobody in this movie, like really, including the director, are like a list stars, right? You know, I mean, but it just feel like it didn't have any of that develop. Like it didn't feel like it had that. I agree. Those, yeah. you know, like whereas we see these movies all the time that are set pieces that were strung together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. this movie needed a few set pieces to be strung together. There was yeah. it was just nothing. But mm. anyway. there's like four locations in the whole movie. Yeah, the junkyard, the lab, the other ga- the other moon or wherever the hell they went mm-hmm. and the wherever Miles Teller runs away from in the woods. Yeah, right. The cabin. <laughs> like the cabin. That's the yeah. whole movie. Damn. Yeah, it's no 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 bueno. No bueno. How much how much was the budget on Ant Man? Last question, sorry. Uh I don't know. Okay. I don't think it was Was it a hundred million? I'm sure. It it was probably at least north of like eighty or ninety. They those other movies bankroll everything, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's, that's crazy. But Ant Man made, Ant Man made. Yeah, I know it did really well. Ant made, Ant Man, Ant made, Ant Man's budget was uh, 130, and it made like 520. Wow, yeah, dude, that's really cool. I'm happy for Paul Rudd, man. I am too, and I love the fact that he's, you know, he got a script credit on that, and yeah. that like it's a oh, it's a wow. given that the next one 
he's you know he and Adam <coughs> McKay are going to do a polish on it like they did the last one. So I feel like that's a good. Yeah, it feels cool that he's got a franchise that is feels like it's it's not trying to be bigger than it is. I think that's what's interesting right. about Ant Man. I'm excited yeah. that they're doing a second Ant Man movie because I want to get back to. I like Evangeline Lilly in that role, and I thought Michael Douglas was fun. And I'd as like long as T.I. is in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say as long as Michael Pena. Like one of my MVPs this year. I love him. Michael Pena and T.I., as long as they're in it. Oh, they're so good. I thought they were really good as a team. The whole yeah, team. Yeah, no, That's what I said. I turned to Nikki. We, we were so watching cool, uh, Ant-Man because Henry got the Blu-ray for Christmas, and, and we were watching it the other day, and... Oh, Henry got the Blu-ray. Oh, yes. Well, he actually did ask for it. Oh, really? Didn't you guys see the Santa list that had it on it? But um, he, um, we were just sitting there, and I was like, God, I hope his crew is back in the next. Right. One. And right. I want to see what's developed with that because yeah, he's cool. clearly not going to be pulling off crimes anymore. Or right. at least not, so, like, what is his crew? Are they, you know what I mean? Are they yeah, all? Are neat. they crimes for good now or something? Right, right. But no. Yeah, Michael Pena walks away with that movie. He's so oh, funny, dude. Man. Easily, he's so funny, so great. He's also what else was he in this year that he was really good in? Oh, he was in The Martian. Yeah. Yeah. The Martian, mm-hmm. too. The Martian. Was, was it another one? God damn it, The Martian. I'd have to rewatch that, man. I don't know. Yeah, Michael Payne. It was man. last year. So or when, well, End of Watch was a couple years ago. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. End of Watch. The triple, triple Nine. Is, Is he that, in that? I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I I want to see it, though. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that looks really good. Does that come out, like, February? Like, yeah, soon, soon? a couple soon? months. A couple Oof. months. couple months. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week with the best films of 2015 yes so this was a good it's nice to get this out of the way i feel like this mm-hmm. is th- maybe mm-hmm. the way it should be you know yeah man yeah, it's a better day it's nice to get the sludge out of the way. yeah yeah plus now i know that none of the movies that were on my 10 are are amongst yeah. your guys work so it kind, like of, it kind of relaxes yeah. me a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. you know um hit us up moviesmovie.com uh, itunes if you want to review the podcast and give us some love give us a little rating let us know how you feel about our podcast only if it's positive yeah um obviously please share any of your positive feelings about yeah. our podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh as always you've made our day Bye. <laughs> i thought you may have some nope. some great thing to put on there for like the worst maybe something like you made no nope. i couldn't think you made of our him. day like horrible or, or as yeah. always, you've made it lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you committed to that. Yeah, you did. You, did. you made our lame. <laughs> lame. <laughs>